Amen. Well, I'll tell you what, that service this morning, that was a lively service. Hallelujah. You got you to gotta come awake to be as alive as they were. Praise God. They were ready for the Word of God, ready to hear the Word of God, ready to respond to the Word of God. And I know you are too. We're going to have a great time. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I'm so glad to be with your pastor, Josh, and I thank him for letting me come. And it's so good to be staying with my great friends, um, the, the, uh, the, these, these folks. They are probably uh, the unsung heroes of, of missions. They wouldn't admit that, but they are. They, they are pioneers, Larry and Donna Grimm. They are pioneers in, in the Assemblies of God. They wanted to go uh, and start churches and a pioneer spirit. I love them. So dearly, and I thank God for him. All right, we're going to look at the Bible, and uh, we're going to start in the book of Luke, chapter 24, and I will depend on my helpers back there to, uh, this, is, this is the one called Be Filled with the Spirit. They were thinking I would be preaching the same one, but uh, I don't want to bore those that were in that service, so I'm going to preach a different sermon. And, and just like I told them, you've got to say Amen. The more you say amen, the faster I preach, the faster I preach, the sooner we leave. Hallelujah. So you got to say amen while I'm preaching. So let's read. I hate to make you stand, but I'm going to do it anyway because I want you to, I want to wake up those who have already gone to sleep. You're supposed to go to sleep during the preaching, and we have scripture for that. A young man went to sleep on, on Paul in Acts chapter 20. What happened to him? He died. You could die if you sleep, go to sleep on a preacher. We don't want that to happen to you. And we want to keep you awake. And then Paul went and raised him back up. I might have said, no, let this be a lesson to you. But he raised him up. And then he preached six hours more as if to say, you can't even die and get out of my sermons. Amen. Hallelujah. So now that we're awake, let's start out with Luke chapter 24. I don't see it on the screen. Do you have that one? It's called Be Filled with the Spirit. It would, uh, it would be great if we could get that one to go on. Um, Luke 24, 49 through 53. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued or clothed with power from on high. And he led them out as far as to Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And we're continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Now we go to Acts chapter number 2, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And I want to preach on the subject of be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you in advance for what you're going to do. I ask you that the glory of God would settle upon your people this morning like it did in the first service. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would help us Help us to approach the throne of God with the glory of God coming down upon us 
and we will see what God wants us to see in this service. Anoint me to preach the Word of God. Anoint the people to receive the Word of God. I thank you for what you're going to do, Jesus. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. I move around a lot. They asked me if I was going to stay behind the pulpit. I'm going to answer their question right now. Hallelujah. I like to get near the audience. I like to see your, the whites of your eyes when I shoot. Amen. I want us to look at this, and, and whenever you just, you just uh, jump in anytime you uh, get that going. But um, I want us to look, first of all, why everybody ought to speak with other tongues. There is a desperate need for the power of the Holy Spirit to be manifested once again in our churches. We're, uh, he's, done a, he's done a more thorough study recently than I, than I have, but he can back up what I'm saying. Uh, maybe if my statistics aren't worse than uh, not wrong, you know, his is probably more correct. But it, the Assemblies of God, I can't speak for too many denominations, but I can say for the Assemblies of God, only about 40% of the Assemblies of God people are, are being filled with the Spirit, are filled with the Spirit, and only 15% of those that are getting saved are being filled with the Spirit. We need a move of God in all Pentecostal denominations. I'm very good friends with some, uh, some leaders of some of the other denominations, Pentecostal denominations, and they will tell you the same thing. We've got to the point that we, we can do business without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. No, we can't. We need the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. We need the glory of God. There are 600 million uh, plus charismatics, past, uh, uh, Pentecostals in the world. And only 30% of those speak with other tongues. So you're not a Pentecostal just because you go to a Pentecostal church. Just like you're not a Whopper because you go to Burger King. You might become a Whopper if you go there enough, but that's another story. You're a Pentecostal because you have had a Pentecostal experience and you speak with other tongues. And so I want to give you I want us to start with reasons why everybody ought to speak with other tongues. Reason number one, you ought to speak with other tongues because it is biblical. It is biblical. Hallelujah. Uh, you know, there, there was a young lady that came up to me one time and she said, I don't believe what you preach. I said, what is it that I preach that you don't believe? I don't believe you have to speak in tongues to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I said, where do you get that? She said, uh, in the book of Corinthians, it says, do all speak with other tongues? I said, yes, it says that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 30. But the same verse says, do all interpret. And what you're missing is that Paul was regulating nine gifts of the Spirit. The tongues that he was talking about in that case was to be interpreted. That is not true in the book of Acts. And I led her to the book of Acts. I said, on the day of Pentecost, they spoke known languages, but they were not interpreted. It was not spoken with a purpose of being interpreted. People understood it. In Acts chapter 10, they spoke in languages and nobody understood them nor interpreted it. In Acts chapter 19, they spoke in tongues and nobody interpreted because uh, Paul didn't stop them and say, wait a minute. No, you can't speak in tongues until an interpreter comes. That's not the way it is. In the book of Acts, it's never called the gifts of the Spirit. It's only called the gift of the Spirit. And so what he is referring to in the book of Acts, Luke is referring to, is the initial infilling of the Holy Spirit. Some people refer to chapters like chapter number 8. 
where Peter and John went down after the great revival in Samaria, and they prayed for them, and they received the Holy Spirit. And so they say, it doesn't say they spoke in tongues. And so their conclusion is, if it doesn't say they spoke in tongues, then we must assume that they did not speak in tongues. Well, let's look at Acts chapter number 8 and verse number 12. Verse number 12 said they believed and were baptized. It didn't say what baptism that was. And then a little later, it says Peter and John came down and they were baptized in the Spirit. So we refer back uh, from verse 17 where they were baptized in the Spirit back to verse number 12. What baptism was that? Because they had not received the baptism of the Spirit yet. So how do we make a conclusion about what that baptism was in verse number 12? Because it doesn't say. We make a conclusion based on a little sense up here and the context of Scripture. Nobody, it's, a, it's water. They believed and they were baptized in water. Nobody was ever baptized in milk. And so we don't say, well, maybe, maybe it wasn't water. How ludicrous would that be? for us to try to make some argument that it couldn't have been water because it didn't say water. And I can, I can tell you that it's just as ludicrous for you to say that maybe they didn't speak in tongues because it didn't say they spoke in tongues. It didn't have to say they spoke in tongues. Who, who prayed for them? Peter and John. Peter and John knew no other way for anybody to get filled with the Spirit except speak in tongues. And if you don't believe that, look at chapter number 11. After that, Peter had preached uh, now, yeah, we got to it. Uh, after that, Peter had preached uh, or gone down to Cornelius and preached to them, and they got the, his whole their whole house. That could have been a that, that's a, that's an extended family. That could have been sixty or seventy people. All of them got filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, he was called on the carpet in chapter number eleven. They said, "Why did you go into the Gentiles' house?" He said, "Because they received the Holy Spirit just like we did." And, and you know what it's based on? For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. He didn't know another way for anybody to get filled except speaking in tongues. And, and so the context of Scripture, oh, we take so many Scriptures out of context and we just, we just throw it out there. But, but the context of Scripture doesn't mean just the immediate verses. It means the whole writing of the book of Acts, the whole book itself, in correlation with the whole Bible itself. That's the whole context of Scripture. Amen. I've heard that Scripture quoted so many times. Uh, Jeremiah chapter number 29, verse 11. I know the plans I have, you, have for you. Plans of peace and plans to prosper you. Oh, that's a wonderful verse of Scripture. But why don't we quote verse number 10? Where God says something like, I'm sending you into Babylon for 70 years. For I know the plans I have for you. It puts a little bit different light on that, and it's even more powerful because what it's saying, it doesn't matter the circumstances you're in. I'm still with you. I'm still going to be with you. I'm still going to give you peace. I'm still going to prosper you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, so the big error in saying that they might not have speak, spoken in tongues because it doesn't say it is taking Scripture out of context and not putting it in the entire context of the book of Acts. So I told that young lady, her name was Mary, uh, I, didn't try to, I didn't try to argue with her. I just said, Mary, I just want you to come back. I showed her the scripture, but I said, I just want you to come back. Will you come back? She came back on Thursday night, and I preached on the times of refreshing. And when I got through with that message, she ran to the altar. 
She was at the altar crying, crying. And I went over to her and I said, Mary, raise your hand. I don't know if I believe in this. I said, raise your hand. And I don't know if I believe. The third time I said, Mary, raise your hand. She raised her hands. I put my hand up on her and Mary Bell lost her argument. Hallelujah. She got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you, friends, if you, if, if you have questions about the Holy Spirit, the one you ought to ask is God. I had a, uh, an opportunity to speak in Teen Challenge in Dallas, and I told the, I told the, young, the, the men, I said, now, some of you may, be, may have been brought up in churches that don't believe in this, but I just ask you to do this. Just say to God, God, if this is for me, will you let it happen to me? If it's not for me, then, then uh, I won't seek it. That's all, that's all you have to do. And we pray for some. They got filled with the Spirit. Two years later, I was uh, teaching my biblical perspective of world missions class. Did you have that under me? Hallelujah. Praise God. Did you make an A? Probably. Hallelujah. Probably. It wasn't hard to make an A in my class. That's right. Everybody said I was hard. That's not true. Amen. Um, but this, this man was sitting on the front row, and I was talking about the Holy Spirit. I said, Dr. Jones, could I say something? I said, sure. He said, you came out to Teen Challenge and, and taught on the Holy Spirit. And he said, I, I, I didn't think it was for me. And so I didn't come up there. And I, but I remember what you said. You said, you said uh, just pray, Lord, if this is for me, I want it. He said, but I, I didn't even do that. He said, they let you out after a while. They let you out for a temporary probation just to see how well you fare for about a week. He said, I got out. And my old buddies came to me. They wanted me to go drinking and doing the same things I'd done before. And he said, I was so tempted. I was so drawn toward that. And he said, but I, I resisted. And I went home and I was laying on the bed. And I said, oh, God, this temptation is so great. I said, how can I overcome that? And he said, I heard your voice. I heard you say, uh, Lord, if this is for me, I want it. He said, so I just laid back in the bed and I said, Lord, if this is what I need, I want it. And he said, God baptized me in the Holy Spirit. And he said, now he's called me to preach and here I am at Southwestern. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Just be open. That's all we're asking. Be open. Nobody's trying to force anything on you. But if you're open, God will do great things for you. Now, number two, we ought to be filled with the Holy Spirit because it's Jesus who gives it. How many of you want everything that Jesus has for you? If you don't want your part, I'll take it. Hallelujah. I want all he's got for me. And he's the one that said, I'm going to give you the promise. I'll give you the promise of the Father. So it's given by him. Number three, we ought to be filled with the Holy Spirit because it is not an option. It's a command. It's a command. Be filled with the Spirit. It's in the command form. There are some verbs in the, in the Greek that we translate as a command that are really not a command. Uh, uh, go you know all the world preach the gospel the go is not a command in the original language it's a participle uh, while going and some, sometimes there are those occasions but when you look at this scripture it's an absolutely command absolute command be filled with the spirit now uh, you're not living in disobedience if you're, you're you're walking in the light that God has given you sometimes we we don't understand you know and we think that it's not for us. So we have all kinds of reasons. I, I know people say, well, I, I, I've got this habit. I've got this problem. If I can ever overcome this problem, maybe God will fill with me the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something. you got it all mixed up. God wants to fill you to give you power over the problem. 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. I, I had a man that smoked cigarettes for, for uh, 32 years, and he thought he couldn't be filled with the Spirit. He read my book, and he got baptized in the Holy Ghost that very night. And three days later, he stopped at a, a stop and go with his wife, and he went in there. He was going to get some tobacco. And she said she couldn't believe it. Spirit-filled guy, going to, you're not going to get tobacco, are you? And it was just habit, and he just shrugged his shoulders. But as he went in, he said, Lord, if there's no tobacco here, I won't smoke anymore. That's like going into a, a whiskey place or alcohol place to buy alcohol and say, Lord, if there's no whiskey here, I won't drink anymore. You know it's going to be there. And he'd always bought his tobacco there. But when he went in, he couldn't find any kind of tobacco at all, chewing tobacco, cigarettes or anything. He came out mad. <laughs> Why did I say that? But he found out he had power, and he hasn't smoked in 10 years. He's still free from the, by the power of God. And God filled him in spite of the fact that he had a problem. So don't let the devil tell you that. Uh, and we get all these things in our minds. So it, it is a command. We must be filled with the Spirit because he said it, and we must be seeking after the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Number four, they got, uh, they got that one up there, uh, spiritual power. We need to be filled with the Spirit because it gives us power. Hallelujah. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Now, the amens are short in this, in this service. I don't know why. We're going to be here forever. Oh, oh my. I only got one minute. You, you close at 12 every Sunday? We're in trouble today. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, spiritual power. We ought to be filled with the Spirit because of spiritual power. There I was in uh, Nicaragua preaching in, in David Spencer's church. have 7,000 people, or 6,000, 7,000. I, I lost a few thousand somewhere, but a uh, big church. And there was a woman that was uh, demon-possessed. And there were people trying to control her, and I went over to where she was, and I just said, Stop! And she stopped and looked at me. I said, Do you want to be, do you want to be free? And, and she said, yes. That's the key. If a demon-possessed person wants to be free, all the demons in hell can't keep them bound. She said, yes. I said, I want you to pray this prayer over me. I didn't touch her after me. I, I, didn't, I didn't touch her. Jesus never touched a demon-possessed person. He just spoke to them. And I said, I want you to pray this prayer. And she prayed the prayer. The blood of Jesus cleanses me from all sin. And when she stopped, she was doing this. She was set free. Then I put two fingers on her forehead, and I said, be filled with the Spirit. She started trembling more, and she fell on the floor speaking with other tongues. You need power because there are demon-possessed people in this world. Amen? They come to church. Don't look at your neighbor. They come to church. The reason they come to church is the only place they're going to find freedom is in the church. They can't find freedom in the beer joints. They're only going to find it in the church. We need to be prepared for it. Some people are not prepared. Some churches are not prepared. And, and uh, they, 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 they send them to a psychiatrist. We need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. This world is getting more demon-possessed every day that goes by. You know that. And some of that is in Washington. I better get off of that. Number five, we ought to be filled with the Spirit because it intensifies the desire to reach the world for Jesus Christ. Ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost to come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost part of the earth. I had a lady tell me, she said, I've been speaking in, two, in tongues for two years, but I don't have any power. I said, when's the last time you witnessed? She said, two years. 
I said, that's the reason you don't have any power. The power is not for you to feel. The power is for the lost to feel. Hallelujah. Amen. I said, if you put gasoline in your car and fill your tank up and just park it in a garage and never use your car, you don't need gasoline. But the purpose of the gasoline is to propel you on a mission. And the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to propel you to reach the lost and dying for Jesus Christ. More people got saved in the 20th century than all the other centuries combined. Hallelujah. And the majority of people getting saved today, and, I, and you can back this up statistically, the majority of people getting saved today are getting saved in Pentecostal churches. In many countries, 80 to 90% of them that are getting saved are getting saved in Pentecostal churches. God uses Pentecostal churches. And if you'll look in every continent, the largest church in any continent is a Pentecostal church. Hallelujah. God is using the Pentecostal church to reach a lost and dying world. We need to be filled with the Spirit to reach this world. Hallelujah. A lady, a lady said to a, a fellow professor of mine, she said, I don't feel like I've been to church unless I fall out. It's not about falling out. It's about going out. Hallelujah. I'm not, I'm not against falling out. I fell out one time that I knew it was God. The rest of the time were courtesy drops. Or I got pushed down. <laughs> Hallelujah. It, but it's not about falling out. It's about going out. It's about going to the Lord. Now let's get to another topic. There are two requirements for being filled with the Spirit. Number one, you've got to be saved. You've got to be saved. You can't be filled with the Holy Spirit unless you're saved. There were two drunks that were talking about this, and one drunk said, uh, uh, what do you think about speaking in tongues? The other drunk said, I think it's of the devil. And the first one said, it must not have been, or you and I would have had it. This is not for the devil's crowd. This is for God's crowd. Hallelujah. So if you're saved, you're a candidate. That's all it takes is to be saved. But I found that there's something else. You've got to be hungry for God. You've got to want God if you're going to be filled with the Spirit. I see people who do not want God. I see them come up uh, like one young man just standing there. I walked over to him and I said, do you want to be filled with the Spirit? He said, I guess so. I said, uh, well, well, worship Jesus. He didn't know how to worship Jesus. And I said, well, raise your hand. He's still looking at me. And I, I began to wonder. I said, are you saved? He said, yeah, I'm saved. I'm saved. I said, okay, worship him. I'm, I'm amazed that saved people don't know how to worship Jesus. And I said, uh, well, 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 raise your hand. Raise your hand. He raised his hand. And I said, praise him. He didn't know how to praise God. And I said, uh, use your lips. Let your, let your ears hear your praise. Hallelujah. That's a, he couldn't do it. I said, well, close your eyes. Don't look at me. He closed his eyes by about 15 seconds and opened them. And I said, young man, I know the day you're going to get filled with the Holy Ghost. The day you get filled with the Holy Ghost is when you want God more than you want anything else and you don't care what anybody thinks about you, you're going to go after God. That's the day you're going to get filled. I can't help you until you get to that point. You've got to be hungry if you're going to get filled with the Spirit. Now let's go to the next topic. These are steps to being filled with the Spirit. If you want to be filled with the Spirit, you've got to worship God. That's number one. Hallelujah. You've got to worship Him. I think it's up there somewhere. There it is. Worship Jesus. You've got to worship Him with all of your heart. Hallelujah. As I said this morning, worship is different from praise. You can praise without worshiping, but you can't worship without praising. We, we praise God for what He's done for us. We worship God for who He is. Hallelujah. I, I can illustrate that. Larry and Donna here. Uh, you know, I can praise them. I can say these are two of the greatest people that you'll ever meet in your life. They love God with all their heart. They want to serve God. They 
They've done a wonderful job in every church that they've pastored. I'm just praising them. Amen? And behind every good man is a surprise mother-in-law. No, no, no. A good wife. Amen? But I'm praising them, but I'm not going to get on my knees before them and say, Buddha, 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 I worship you. Because worship is reserved for deity. And if you're going to receive from God, you have got to come up here and worship him. The second thing is you've got to expect to speak in tongues. That, that dear sweet lady, 83 years of age, she came up to me and she said, I've tried, uh, I've tried and I've tried and I've tried and it doesn't work. And she said, but just pray for my hearing. I can't hear anything. I prayed for her. God instantly healed her ears. And she had this cane. I said, you believe you can walk without that cane? I believe I can. And she started walking. And I said, uh, come back here. I said, the same Jesus that healed you wants to fill you. She said, but I've tried so many times and it just doesn't work. I said, you got to worship him. you got to worship him. I finally got her to worship the Lord and, 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 uh, and expect to be filled. And then she crumpled in a little heap and started speaking in tongues, 83 years of age. Just about a month ago, I had a 91-year-old woman filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time. In one service, I had a 92-year-old woman who had been in the Assemblies of God all of her life, baptized in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. It's never too late. Hallelujah. Amen. And a week later, I was in a service where two little brothers got filled with the Spirit. One was four and one was five. Hallelujah. It's God who does the filling. If you want God, you can be filled. Hallelujah. Now let's get to the next one. You've got to receive the baptism of the Spirit. And I, if you're in the early service, you're, you're exempt from this because this is offer, offer number one <laughs> from, uh, for this service. I want to give this book away to the first person that comes up here. The very first person that runs up here, you can have this book. Well, let's see. If I put $100 in, oh, okay. Here comes somebody. Here comes somebody. There's another one. Hallelujah. He's, he was closer. Hallelujah. I'll give you one, too, after the service. Just stop by the table. Hallelujah. What, what about the rest of you? Some of you right on the front. Hallelujah. You know, it was offered to everybody. That's the way the Holy Spirit is. He is offered to everyone. At Christmas time, somebody has a gift for you, got your name on it, and they say, here's your gift. What do you do? You stand there and say, I want my gift. Well, here it is. I really want my gift. It's got your name on it. It's yours. I want my gift. Are you crazy? If that happens at your home, you have a, uh, you have a wonderful home, don't you? <laughs> Hallelujah. It's different. No, you just accept what's yours, and you say thank you. That's the way it is with the Holy Spirit. You don't have to beg. When you beg, you don't believe. You just come up here and receive. There was a lady one night in Nicaragua. She was just screaming at God. Por favor, Señor. con el Espíritu Santo. Ah, Señor. And I went over to her and I said, you don't have to scream at God. You don't have to beg God. People do crazy things trying to get the Holy Ghost. There was one woman. I stopped her and I said, do you always do that? She said, yes. I said, don't do it. That's not helping. You just got to worship him. Hallelujah. And I, I prayed for her, and two minutes she got filled with the Spirit. I went over to that lady that was speaking Spanish, and I said, you don't have to scream at God. You don't have to beg God. You just worship him. She started worshiping God, and she immediately got filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. It's a matter of knowing that it's yours. Amen. Now let's get to number four. You ought to, uh, if you hear strange utterances in your mind, speak them. I tell in my book about a young man at 22 years of age, been in the Assemblies of God all of his life. I knew him 
most of his life, but he had moved out to California, and I was preaching out there. He came to my revival, and he came forward to get the Holy Ghost. And I said, John, you don't have the baptism of the Spirit. He said, no. Uh, I said, well, let's pray. And I started praying with him. He got so close. And uh, I said, John, you're really close. I said, if strange words come to your mind, you've got to speak them. And I began to pray with him again, and he began to speak in tongues just immediately. He spoke in tongues. After the service, and he spoke and spoke and spoke. And after the service, he said, all my life, as long as I can remember, I heard those words when I sought the Holy Ghost. But I thought I was imitating Sister Corbett. I didn't know that that was God trying to get me to say those words. If that happens to you, and the words come, and you're worshiping God, I'm not, you're not inventing that. That's the Holy Ghost because you're under the... The spout of God. You're under the glory of God. He's giving you the words. You speak them out. Number five, if your lips and your tongue start stammering, it's time to speak. That young lady for two years had stammering lips. That's as far as she could get. But I said in that service, if you have stammering lips, that's the Holy Spirit got a hold of your jaw. Anybody ever had that experience? How many? We have some Pentecostals here, don't we? You had that experience? Okay, at the count of three, why don't you just do that? One, two, three. No, you can't. That's the Holy Ghost. That's how you know it's the Holy Ghost. He's got a hold of your jaw. Why would he do that? He's trying to get you to speak. But, but remember this. The Holy Spirit will not speak for you. We used to pray for people and say, let the Holy Ghost speak. He doesn't. You speak. It'll be your mouth, your lips, your tongue. The Bible says they began to speak as he gave the words. Hallelujah. He gives the words. I had a, a guy from India come to chapel and preach in chapel on a Wednesday for our mission service. I don't know if you were there or not. I don't know how long you've been, been gone from there. But uh, he preached in chapel, and Dr. Kaluthigan interpreted for him. And after he had preached, I said, this man, folks, this man is greatly used of God. If you don't have a class, I want you to stick around and let him pray for you. He's, he, he's preached 100,000 people at a time. And they did. Uh, about 50 of the students were slain in the spirit. He, he came up and asked me to pray for him, and I prayed for him, and down he went. I had to wait for him to get up so he could pray for me. And when he got up, he prayed for me, and they got Sister, uh, Dr. Donna Otwell and some others were behind me. I didn't fall, uh, but I just began to worship God, and I began to praise God. I was speaking in tongues. And uh, when I opened my eyes, Dr. Samuels, was the, the speaker, was jumping up and down. And uh, he said to me, you speak my language. I said, I, I was speaking in tongues. He said, I know, but you were speaking in Tamil. You were speaking my language. And Dr. Kaluthan came over and said, you were praising God in our language. Hallelujah. See, that's the miracle. It's not the fact that you're speaking. It's the fact that you're speaking a language you never learned, and you can speak it absolutely perfect, uh, perfectly under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We had to learn Spanish. We had to learn all the phonetics. Have you ever heard anybody speak, uh, speak English coming over from uh, uh, Latin America without phonetics. How you been, Jelly Bean? Good to see you today, you know. I go down to eat Taco Bell and I give me something to eat. I speak the English very good. You know, they've got an accent. And that's the way we sound when we speak Spanish. Como esta usted? You know, it, it'll melt, melt the wax in yours if you're a Spanish speaker. But the difference is when you, when you know the phonetics, and that's the way it is when you speak in tongues. The phonetics are absolutely perfect. You speak in their language like you've always known it. That's a miracle. Hallelujah. Now, I think i got another one up there. Number six, speak if only a few words or syllables come at first. It's not the 
the, the quantity of how much you speak, it's the fact that you started speaking. A lot of people get hung up on that. But if a baby says, Mommy and Daddy, we said, they started talking. Amen? And the reason it's not a whole lot of words is because you're praising God in another language. How many praise words do you know in English? Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, glory to God, praise the Lord. There's not a whole lot. And that, that's why it may not be a lengthy vocabulary. But don't worry about the vocabulary. Just speak out what God told you to say. The next one, if it doesn't sound like a language to you, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how it sounds. There are a lot of languages that do not sound like anything. We have a, a sister from Ghana uh, and a couple from Ghana. Where are you? Are they in this service? But uh, I, I, I didn't understand a thing in Ghanaian the Ghanaian languages that they spoke. And uh, I don't remember much of what, what I was supposed to learn. But anyway, uh, a lot of languages don't sound like anything. How about this? Buenas afiwe. That means praise the Lord in Swahili. Slava Bogu. That means praise the Lord in Russian. You'll know this one. That means God bless you in Guarani. Hallelujah. That's Portuguese. Gloria a Dios. That's Spanish. Hallelujah. I speak 20 different languages. One word in each. I even speak uh, Japanese. Honda, Yamaha, Kawasaki, Mitsubishi, Toyota, Suzuki. One lady said, interpret that. I said, they're cars. It doesn't matter what it sounds like. You're to speak it. I'm going to close with this. I was in a, a church of 400. They had a balcony. And... I invited everybody who wanted to be filled with the Spirit to come down after we'd pray for people to accept Jesus. And there was this lady sitting in the balcony, and she said, I'm not going. I have tried for years to get filled with the Spirit, and it's not worked. I'm not going down there. But as she stood there, the longer I made the invitation, she finally decided, well, I'm going down. She said, I even prayed around my horses. I guess she had Christian horses. And uh, she came on down. And, and she stood in line and we began to pray for people to get filled with the Spirit. And then I told the folks, now I'm going to pray for you. And then I'm going to count to three. When I count to three, I'm believing the power of the Holy Ghost is going to touch you. Now that's not some manip manipulative device. That's just everybody on the same page believing God at the same time. And she said, what? What good is that going to do? And, but she said, no, I'm here. I'll, I'll go along with it. And she, she told me this later. She said, she said, when you said three, she said, I had an arthritic hand. I couldn't even pick up a milk bucket. But fire went through my hand when you said three. And I fell back. And she said, I hit the floor. And she said, I, I was on that floor from 1210 to 120. And she said, I spoke in four different languages. God wants it to happen in the Pentecostal churches. Once again, he wants the fire of God to come down. He wants the glory of God to come down. Hallelujah.